everybody. Got an exciting broadcast today for you with my dear friend, Candy Carter. And I need you to get this out to your friends. I need you to share this on your page. Like it, comment, ask your questions. We will go back after the broadcast and address those. But right now, I'd like to get right into it. So today, I have an expert in the area of human trafficking. And some of you may or may not know that the month of January is actually Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So I know that if you're friends with Candy, you have seen things on the internet and you're probably like going, oh my goodness. But that's the reality of the world that we live in. So Candy, thank you for taking the time to allow me to interview you today, opening up your beautiful home and taking the time to share with me and the viewers about this important, important um, broadcast. They really need to know and they need to be aware because we have ideas of what it is and what it isn't. And today you're going to walk away from this broadcast knowing uh, what to look for, uh, what it is, what it is not, and how can you help in your community? Because I think we all need to be aware. We do. Uh, how, do you, Candy, just so the viewers know, I know that you've got like 20 plus years in this, okay? Mm -hmm. Why don't you give them just a moment to tell them how you got started in this? Sure. Okay. Well, I definitely didn't uh, put in for the job. Uh, <laughs> I know the Lord called you to this one. This is something that you would be like, pick me, pick me. No, no, I understand I didn't at all. Um, in fact, it was just a, it was a situation where a dear family that I love um, had a daughter who was struggling with uh, crack cocaine addiction, mm -hmm. and um, that's really kind of what pulled me out into the streets. Um, wow. I, I was already involved in ministry and I knew that God was calling me further. Um, and I knew that he was calling me to street ministry, but I was afraid to go. Sure. Honestly. Um, but you know, this person, um, I loved her. I loved her family mm -hmm. and I cared enough to go. And while I was out there, I began to see the women. Wow. Blew my mind. How many were out there? And, um, you know, I just kept praying and asking the Lord to give me a way to speak to them. And the first thing that came to my mind was how Jesus always met a physical need before he ministered to anyone. Absolutely. And he always had food. Yeah. <laughs> and multiplied it to me. And multiplied it. So um, that was basically what I started doing. I started mm -hmm. packing sandwiches and I was going around the neighborhood um, and, um, I would offer them food. A lot of them would not take it because they didn't know who I was. They didn't trust me. They didn't know I was an undercover police officer right. not, just trying to get their attention or get them to talk to me. So, um, I kind of had to earn my way out there. Yeah. Um, there were times that I drove by the neighborhoods so I threw bags out the window Wow. and they would land on the ground and the girls would look at them and look at each other like, what is this? this crazy woman? So anyway, um, after a little bit of time, I started to notice when I would go through the neighborhood, they would raise their hand, they'd flag me down mm. and I'd roll my window down and they'd say, do you have anything to eat today? And I'd say, yeah, come on in. <clears throat> and so I would get them to come in my car or some of them wouldn't, they wouldn't sure. get in my car because they had to stand out there. And so if I could get them in my car, I'd say, well, let's go get something to eat. You don't have to eat a sandwich. Mm, and so I would take them to go get something to eat. And after they would eat, they would begin to open up. 
yes. and talk to me. And that's basically how it got started. Well, a trust is everything. And, you know, a lot of times we think that we're going to go in and we're going to, you know, immediately it's like, let me help you. And yes. we cannot take that. Yes. You know, we need to prepare in any way, whether it's this type of ministry or any type of ministry, you've got mm -hmm. to build that relationship. Right. And right. so I'm so thankful you built that relationship because, you know, it lets them know that it's okay. Yes. Uh, that it, talking about it is good. And, and they open up and share that information, which led you way further than you ever thought the Lord would take you in oh this gosh. ministry. Yeah. I, I never dreamed in a million years that this is where um, God would have me be. But it's been such an honor to yes. just to have people that would trust me with their deepest, darkest secrets the things that have haunted them all of their lives or the things that they've had to sweep under the rugs and they didn't have family that they could, that they could go talk to. Sure. So just really trying to um, love them right where they are in the middle of their circumstances. That's, that's how Jesus met me. Absolutely. Me too. You know? Me too. And my hot mess. <laughs> and I'm forever grateful, forever grateful. You know, you mentioned, you know, having families and so forth. Do you see a lot of this being a generational thing where mama was trafficked and daughter was trafficked and they're trafficking their children? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that is the majority Yes. Of what I've seen. I've seen that a lot in addiction. Yes. And so that's why, yes. you know, because it all kind of works hand in hand. Brokenness right. is brokenness and it, uh, it bleeds into the other areas of their lives and so forth. Right. For those that are watching this broadcast that aren't familiar with it, you know, I know years ago I used to think, oh, well, that's stuff that happens over, you know, with the drug lords in other countries and they don't realize it's happening in your own backyard. It is mm -hmm. happening in your backyard. And right. that is part of the reason we're doing this broadcast is to help equip you and inform you and prepare you to watch for these signs in your local community because this is real. And, you know, with it being an awareness month, I've watched over the years because I've been I've been aware of this for about maybe 10 years. And mm -hmm. so and it's been going on much longer than that. Mm -hmm. But before that, I had a certain mindset of what I thought it was. So can you share with the viewers what exactly is human trafficking? Absolutely. Um, and, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to read because I yes. want to give you the exact definition of it. Yes, please, okay. please. This is why I have an expert, y'all. She's amazing. <laughs> okay, so human trafficking is a form of modern day slavery in which victims are subjected to force, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of commercial sex, debt bondage, or involuntary labor. Victims of human trafficking can be young children, teenagers, men, and women. They can be U.S. citizens, lawful permanent residents, or foreign nationals, and they can be found in urban, suburban, and rural areas. Minors who are induced to per, uh, perform commercial sex acts are victims of trafficking, regardless of whether their traffickers are use uh, force, fraud, or coercion. So there's a difference when it is a minor. There doesn't have to be force, fraud, or coercion involved. Okay. Gotcha. Um, those are key words when you're talking about an adult, but with a minor, anytime you are dealing with a minor, um, you know, it's, there doesn't have to be force in it, fraud no. or coercion at all, because they're just, they're minors and they don't have the ability to um, say no, like an adult would sure, or to stand up for themselves. They're, they're a lot more vulnerable. Sure. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times what happens is, is they, they think this is a norm because this is the only life they know. 
Right, right. And when I say minors, you know, I think a lot of people might immediately think, oh, teenager. Sadly not. Sadly not. Um, you know, it is heartbreaking. Um, you know, when we think about this, we think, OK, it's runaways out on the streets, which it can be. But many times um, children are born into this uh, for the purpose of that. And uh, there's a very dark uh, side to all of this, even darker than, you know, when we talk about it, we think that's really bad. But unfortunately, over the years, media has brought a sense of normalcy to dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And um, why don't you tell the viewers a little bit about just how bad this is, Candy? I mean, as far as, you know, you don't have to go into the exact statistics, mm -hmm. but to give them an understanding of why it is important that everyone prepares to be able to identify this. Uh, you know, my husband is a truck driver, he's a professional driver, and there's an organization called Trafficking Against, you know, Trucking Against Trafficking. Yes. And, you know, it's a very important, but, and something that we don't think so much about is like the hotel industry. Right. You know, people being trained and people being able to recognize what this is so that they can report it. Mm -hmm. And so why don't you just share on your heart with the viewers what you feel like they need to know to make an educated decision decision on when to take action and what to look for. Okay. Well, I think the most important thing is we, you know, it's important to be vigilant, but want to be hyper vigilant. Right. And I say that because sure. I see a lot of things that pop up on social media where, right. um, you know, I think can sometimes get blown out of proportion where sure. um, it just, it creates a hype. And we right. don't want to stir fear in people. The most important thing is that we are educated on what it is, what the signs are. Um, but most importantly, we need to educate our young people. Yes. You know, yes. as young as age two. And when I say that, I don't mean go and tell a two-year-old about human trafficking. What you need to do is tell that two-year-old what safe touch is. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's some of the very same training that you would do for a child when you want to prevent uh, child sex abuse. And a lot of times that's where it begins. Right. It begins with the grooming process. Yes. Yes. And for those that don't know, let's talk about grooming. Because okay. I know we've got a whole issue with social media. There is um, an indoctrination, if you will, for children to see um, sexuality and all these other areas as normalcies. We see it in video games. We see it in TV shows. We see it in commercials. Oh, yeah. And, you know, YouTube and so forth. And so all of these areas why don't you explain to them exactly what is grooming well, for those that don't know? Okay, so grooming just basically means that a person, usually someone that the child knows, um, is gaining their trust so that they don't feel like what they're doing to them is wrong. Mm -hmm. And another thing that parents tend to not realize is that the grooming not only is for the child, but it's for their parents. Yes. The groomers want parents to trust them as well yes um so we have to be very careful who we put whose hands we put our children in absolutely it's um, huge it is huge um there are so many facets and just layers to human trafficking you know we could talk all day about it yes weeks of series oh, yeah. i mean if oh, yeah. real there's, there's so, so many things yes but um a groomer is going to do everything they can to earn that child's trust yes
and they're master manipulators. I they know. really are. You know, I, I'm a victim of sexual abuse, and I've worked with women for several years in this area. And I can get a group of 20 women in a group, and you know, 70, 80 percent have mm-hmm. been either violated, molested, you know, in some form or fashion. And it's always mm-hmm. someone they know, mm-hmm. someone they know, uh, and someone they trusted, someone their parents trusted them with. Yes. And so, one of the big things that I was just blown away when I learned years ago about what boyfriend is. You know how boys would actually, you know, they would court these girls and treat them like princes, yeah. make them feel so special. They would fall in love with them, and before they knew it, they were caught up and way too deep mm-hmm. in the situation. Is that something you've seen a lot of over oh, yeah. years? Oh yeah, that happens a lot in school. Uh, the yes. older boys dating the younger girls, yes. um, trying to win them over. Sometimes they may have a um, with friends to see if they can get a girl, win her over. And then they might get that girl in a situation where she's trapped, yes. you know, and there are other boys there yes. and they have their way with her. And that one particular boy may get something out of that, some kind of commodity out of that, whether it be, you know, money or right. whatever it is, um, regardless, um, these girls are being victimized. And, and listen, I want to say this very carefully. It's not just our girls. Right. This is happening That's to right. our boys too. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, we see it more predominantly in the, um, in the uh, boys that are practicing a homosexual lifestyle. Right. Um, they are just so much more vulnerable. Yes, they are. Um, it's, it's sad. It is sad. And, you know, and it doesn't, there is no social economical uh, basis for this because some of you might be thinking, well, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, in an area where that happens or this wouldn't happen and so forth. This is happening in rural America. This is happening in major cities. Uh, matter of fact, major cities are a huge issue with it because for like us, and we're in the middle Tennessee area, I know I was in Central Florida and I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, and all of those are remotely within. Places. And I know here we're like so many hours to Atlanta, Indianapolis, St. Louis and so forth. And so I'm so proud of Tennessee that they're taking yes. uh, the position that they have in trafficking. A lot of that is because of the work that Candy has done and, and the other advocates out there trying to educate the masses so that you will understand and be able to know what to look for. So, you know, so let's talk for a few moments about some of the victims. I know, and I, due to confidentiality, we're not going to discuss any casework or anything special like that, but there are lots of people that are survivors and they're still, they're wounded. And that's why I put a trigger alert on this because this this type of thing totally changes your view, your perception on life. You know, when your trust has been violated and taken away from you, it's really hard to get back into society. So how would you, I mean, what what are the thoughts? If someone knows someone that's been trafficked, how would you recommend that people handle those relationships? Mm-hmm. So are you talking about someone who has already gotten out of it yes. or someone who's in it? Oh, let's talk about both. Let's talk first for those that are survivors that have gotten out or on the other side of it. Okay. Um, talk about that first, and then we'll talk about Okay. So the first thing I want to do is address survivors. Yes. You guys are champions. Yes. I mean, I have seen survivors Amazing. come out of this, and they have um, – 
they've gotten the healing that they've needed. They've gone yes. through um, the, the trauma work that they've needed and they're fighting back. Yes. And I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of them because I, I just know um, how liberating it is. They can actually take that which has happened to them, what the enemy meant to destroy them. Mm -hmm. And they're using yes. it for God's glory. And I'm seeing yes. a lot of survivors there stand up for this. So, I praise God for you. Yes. Um, but there are, in all reality, there are still some survivors out there that have not received the trauma healing that they need. They have not. Yeah. It um, is complex trauma. It's not just trauma. It's oh, complex it trauma. It's so it embedded and it's just yeah. tragic. Yeah, it is. And, you know, there are a lot of survivors out there who come out of it and they go on their own way. A lot of them end up homeless. They may have um, addiction issues. Sure. So sure. they're still Absolutely. struggling with those addictions. Yes. We got to love them right where they are. Yes. And, and to know, uh, to understand what their situation is. When you're talking about complex trauma, we're not talking about someone who can just get over what has happened to them. Right. They can't. Right. They have they're to stuck. have yes. adequate help. Yes. And, um, you know, with any addiction issue, you can't do that on your own. Absolutely You not. just can't. you got to have help. So yes. um, I think for, for those of us who are close to survivors um, or a family member who has the survivor in your family, um, it's really important that you extend a lot of grace. A lot of grace. They need a lot of grace. A lot of love, a lot yeah. of grace, and a lot of patience. Yes. Yeah. Because this didn't happen overnight, no. and it doesn't become undone overnight. And so we definitely need to be the one. Jesus was skin on, loving them right where they're at, and not, not you know, having any, you know, many times people, like you made, you made the statement, just get over it, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone has been through some stuff and someone says, why don't you just get over it? I mean, it's like we have to we have to be uh, empathy and, you know, not sympathy because we, you know, we want to be empathetic to what they've been through. But we want to also approach it in a way that is spirit led. For those of you that are Christ followers on here, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't just go in hard and fast saying, you know, well, you need to go this and you need to do that. and You need to just start your life over and we're just going to do this. And we're going to. No, no, it's years and yes. years. Listen, triggers, the triggers that come up. Yes. I mean, they can go completely fine and healed. And 10 years later, a song come on the radio and yes. trigger them. Yes. Or they see something on the news and it triggers them. So, yes. you know, we have to be mindful of that. Yes. And, you know, and I say to those who are out there, if you're still struggling with triggers, don't be so hard on yourself. Right. Don't get mad at yourself because you haven't gotten past it. Um, but it's important to reach out to someone who can can give you um, the right amount of um, help you need, the right you need. Yeah. Um, and I, I know a very dear survivor friend of mine, and she says there's just one word, mm. and his name is Jesus. <laughs> that's where their healing comes from. Hallelujah. Ultimately, that's yes. where our freedom comes from. Amen. So I agree um, with that. Yeah, freedom is in Christ. Yes. Christ alone. Yes. Um, so for those that are, you know, maybe know someone that is is um, stuck in in this this dark lifestyle and they don't know how to get them out because they are, you know, you, some of you may remember like, 
you know, Patty Hearst back in the day, and I know when I was in college, we studied the Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. Okay, so where their captors become their heroes. That becomes all they know, especially if they've been brought up in this. So to them, it's this is this is how life is, and this is their safe place, and they begin to trust these people, but yet you know that there's something wrong with this. How do they respond other than prayer? We know that our first, mm-hmm. you know, first thing to do is be on our knees and, and going mm-hmm. before the King of Kings and taking authority over the demonic forces that operate in this industry. But what are some of the things they can watch for, some of the things that they can do to help someone? Okay. So the likelihood of a, just your average, you know, individual um, having to work firsthand with a survivor, um, you know, most, most people do kind of reach out for professional help. They don't try to deal with that on their own. But if you're a mom and you've got a daughter or you've got a son or a dad, uh, grandparent, mm-hmm. you know, caregiver that has someone in your home that is a survivor. Um, I think the most important thing is educating yourself on complex trauma. Yes. It will give you so yes. many answers. Yes. Listen, I am the mom of a survivor and um, she's given me complete permission to tell you guys that um, we've spent years of just healing, sure. you know, and where she is today is in a beautiful place, beautiful place. And she, you know, she spends her time praying for others and um, she is. And, um, you know, but, but there are still triggers that are there that I don't know if they will always be there. But the the thing of it is, is she's learned how to cope through the triggers. Yes. I've learned the signs of triggers. So that's important. We have to educate ourselves. Um, As complex as the trauma is, the healing part is complex as well. Absolutely. Um, And so I guess with that being said, I want to speak to law enforcement. Yes. Speak to those who are in law enforcement, for those who are in, um, uh, if you work in the ER, any kind of emergency personnel. Yes. um, I know that there has to be, most departments are requiring a level of training. Um, in dealing with victims and, um, you know, but still just in the line, specifically in the line of uh, law enforcement or people who work in the ER, you see so many patients, and so much trauma that you learn how to disassociate mm-hmm. so that so that the pain doesn't affect you personally and you don't go home with that pain and, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to come back home and be a, a normal parent to your children or husband or wife to your spouse. Um, just like Maggie said, there has to be a level of empathy there when you're dealing with um, a victim, um, depending on the level of trauma. You know, um, I'm so thankful here in our city that our local police department has now yes. formed an anti-trafficking unit. I'm so thankful. And the detectives that are working there, I've seen nothing but wonderful compassion that comes out of there. You know, um, one of them there specifically has told me that um, it feels like a calling, you yes. know, and I know, I know this person on a personal level and I know that they pray yes. um, for those that they're working with. But, um, you know, I think that if our law enforcement is, is educated on the trauma that goes with it, I think it would give them a different take on how they actually interview them. Because when they go in and they do a sting and let's say there's a girl uh, caught up in the middle of that, 
her first response is not always going to be that of help me. I'm a victim. Right. Because their traffickers a lot of times have groomed them and they yes. have brainwashed them to believe that they are just as guilty as they are, that they right. are part of it and they're part of the whole operation. Yes. And you're if in the trouble goes down, you're going with me. Yep. And, and so the girl becomes very defensive or the, I shouldn't say girl, because again, it's guys as well. It, yeah, it can be. Um, they becomes yeah. defensive wanting to protect themselves. Um, and they're also afraid of law enforcement. Sure. Unfortunately, we've had some crooked law enforcement. I'm not saying here, but I'm right. saying it has happened. Sure. You know, where um, victims don't trust law enforcement. Sure. They've been taught that they are not a friend. Right. So just reestablishing that um, with those who are in our need yes. or who are in need of us. Um, sorry, I'm, uh, my words got jumbled up. But anyway, um, in the hospital, I have sat in on... Um, when girls are having to have a rape kit done, you know, it's hard. Yes. It's very hard. Yes. I think it is extremely important for whoever is doing that examination to be very sensitive. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my Bedside gosh. manner is extremely important. Yes. Um, when dealing with them because you can re-traumatize them. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. by not being tender with them. Yes. Gentle with your words. Yes. Um, just really acknowledging what they've gone through. It's huge. Um, it is huge. So, um, oh gosh, there's so many, there's so many aspects of this that I can talk about. Um, yes. It just goes on and on and on. Um, and I think Maggie, you know, it's important that people know this happens in your backyard. Yes. People are becoming more aware. Yes. Praise God. They're becoming more aware about it. Yes. I hate that it's taken it this long to come to light, but it has, but here we are. It's, it's our problem. It's in our laps. We have to deal with it. Just Absolutely. like we're having to deal with um, the opioid addiction that's right. out there. Right. And there are some serious matters that we're having to face that have gotten out of hand because it's been undealt with for too long. Yes. And there's been a stigma involved in this. Oh gosh. Yes. And so in, in both addiction and, and trafficking and they're, and they're heavily linked because mm -hmm. a lot of times uh, these victims will in order uh, for them to be able to use them the way that they do, they will intoxicate them with drugs. Absolutely. And that way they get control mm -hmm. and they gain control over them. And then, you know, it's a, it's a vicious cycle either way. And these things are going on and now people are talking about it. And that's why we're on here today. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, a lot of times when we see people, like Candy, you know, Candy, you've done a great job this month of really laying it out there and letting everybody know. And I know those of you are going, man, that's so heavy. You know what? Sometimes we need to stop and say, hey, this is going on. Mm -hmm. And what can we do as, um, you know, just humanity? How can mm -hmm. humanity handle these crises? Mm -hmm. And education is the key. And if you don't have the education, you're not going to know when this is going on. You're kind of not going to know when the neighbor in your, you know, um, $300,000 home next door all of a sudden has a van and, and girls are there getting loaded up in the morning and leaving in the afternoon. What traffickers have found whenever it comes with human trafficking has made it uh, where they have found out when they sell a drug, Okay, that drug is gone and they have to get another one. When they sell humans, they do it over and over and over again. Yes. And when they get pulled over and it's just a bunch of people in the van going somewhere, 
I mean, you know, it's not so notable. So this is something you have to be trained to understand what to watch for. And you do have to get professionals involved because you can't, you know, like she said, don't be super vigilant, you know, like I'm going to go, you know, and you know, I'm like, I got that personality. Okay. I will take yes. you down yes. on the side of the road. If I think, no. <laughs> that morning was for me, y'all. But it's true. We have to be trained, but then we also have to know. What is the next step? So what are some of the things that we need to watch for, Candy? What would you uh, say are the top three things that people need to watch for if they suspect something in their, you know, we all drive to our respective locations every day, whether it be our ministries and our jobs or schools, and we're in the community. And so we see a lot of things. We live in a rural area. And so every time weird stuff is going on in some country field, my husband is like on it. He's like, there's like been seven cars there, you know, and this is, you know, because we're watching, yes. we're watching for and it. And that's, that's what you have to do. Watch for it. Okay. We have to have, have our eyes open. Yes. yes. We don't need to be sleeping on this issue. Right. We don't. Right. Um, you know, keep your eyes open for things that look out of place. You have to go with your gut. Yes. Um, if you notice that, I mean, you live in a neighborhood. If you know that you have a neighbor um, who who is, like you said, bringing girls in and out, in and out, you're seeing uh, girls dressed scantily. Yes. Um, if you're you're just noticing behaviors that are not normal, if you see something, say something. Absolutely. Make note. Take notes. Yes. Start writing Document. your numbers down. Sure. Yes. Start Absolutely. documenting what you see that looks abnormal. And then you can kind of put your pieces together. I think every person has some kind of uh, investigative nature sure. on the inside. Called the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us well, into all yes. truth. And he will he will shine a light on those yes. things when you allow him to. But if you want to take a closed eye to this, you know, you're going to miss out on maybe mm -hmm. helping rescue someone out there. William Wilberforce is like one of my favorite people in history. I love him. And he made a quote, you know, that you you can ignore this, but you cannot say that you did not know. Watching this broadcast today, you are being made aware of what's going on out there. And we're not saying go out there and just like, you know, be consumed with this. We don't want people to be consumed. We want no. people to be aware and we want people to be active and proactive in taking action when necessary. So we're, we're watching with our eyes and uh, we're educating our children. And what what is anything else? That yeah. I mean, if you travel. If you uh, go to stay in a hotel, oh, yes. if you notice, you know, and listen, again, we want to be very careful. We don't mislabel something. Sure. Absolutely. You know, we, yes. We, we can't say because you see a younger girl with an older man that, you know, right. he's, he's taking her for a date. Sure. We can't say that. That could be his granddaughter. Absolutely. Who is struggling in her own area and she's dressed scantily. Right. I mean, it absolutely it does. It does. Um, <laughs> so we can't say that every person, you know, we don't want to we don't want to do that. We do want to make sure that we pay attention to the signs. Now, if she's got bruises on her, mm. if she looks like she's a minor and she's got tattoos, especially, you know, on her neck or just in places that normal right. teen would not have tattoos sure somebody's name tattooed on them that's usually that's a, a, big a branding some yes yeah. branding yeah um if they look malnourished if mm. they look like their teeth um have yes. not been properly taken care of right um 
if they look ungroomed, you know, not, not very well groomed. Or if you notice a, a young girl, teenager dressed like she's being advertised. I right. Mean, that's definitely something that you want to pay attention to. Yes. Um, and again, for those of you who travel, those are the times to keep your eyes open when you're going to stay in uh, hotels, motels. Yes. That's where a lot of this takes place. Yeah. Here in our city, just like Maggie said, you can get, um, I think that we've, we've got, what, six different interstates coming out of Middle Tennessee. Yes, it is we're, like. We're like a hub of yes, wheel, you know, really and, and there are all of these ways to come and go. And that is, is what happens. We see, we have seen girls um, traffickers have brought girls in. They take them to different motels along the interstate and they divide them up. And then men will make calls. They'll come all night long in these places. And these girls are being sold multiple times throughout the night. You know, it's, it's horrific. And I know you're thinking, oh my gosh. I mean, but you know, it, this, this is happening in our own backyards and being informed and knowing what to look for. You know, uh, the traveling thing is so big. I know that I've gone on the road with Kevin before and, you know, we would be at truck stops mm -hmm. and, you know, he has literally had um, someone try to solicitate you know, because in, in truck stop and rest areas and things like that, you've got to watch for those signs. Mm -hmm. And before he was aware of what was going on, but he said, you know, it would just blow him away. And so you've got to be trained and you've got to know what to do. And then what happens if you see something? And obviously we have a local task force working here. So yeah. we know that we would contact them. But if you're on the road and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're traveling somewhere, what phone number is there available okay there is a national hotline number okay let me get you that number it is i should have this memorized it's all right so, and i'm so thankful i've noticed in a lot of restrooms that they're starting to put that number there where where people can uh call it is 1-888-373-3000 and that's a pretty easy number to remember, even for me, because all those eights and eight means new beginnings. And when you reach out and contact this, you are potentially starting a new beginning for someone who has mm -hmm. been trapped mm -hmm. and someone who doesn't know how to get out and someone who thinks this is the norm and this is the way that their life is supposed to be. You know, so remember that number. I'm going to say it again. 888-373-7888. And I'm going to put it in the chat stream now. I know we're broadcasting on several different platforms here. Yes. So I know you guys are going, well, Maggie, you normally interact with the audience a little bit, not on these type of broadcasts, because I want to make sure that I extract every bit of ounce of expertise with my friend here while I batter, uh, so that you will be informed and know what to do. Now, we will go back. So if you have questions, we would like for you to put them in the chat mm -hmm. stream. And after the broadcast, we'll go back and we'll answer those. Um, and I'm going to look here on this Facebook. There's a bunch of different people watching and so forth. You know, Pam says, amen. I'm so glad y'all are bringing awareness. This is a horrific epidemic. And uh, when I saw the epidemic, I say it was because truly is. And many of these young girls and women, even boys, are unfortunately victims. And me and this needs to cease. Oh, we can't agree even more. Pam, thank you for that com comment because it is. It does need to cease. And it'll only cease just like just like slavery. Okay. This is modern day slavery, is yes, how it's it defined. In every sense. You know, in every sense of it. And you know, I we have to take a stand. 
Okay, and that may look different for all of you, but bringing awareness is the key. Maybe you're not called to, you know, be an advocate like Candy is. Now, I want you to be aware if you are out there and you have an agency or you have a church, Candy is a consultant. She is an expert in this area. She's been in it over over 20 plus years of this industry. And if you're wanting her to reach out to you or are wanting to reach out to her, should I say, uh, because she only goes where the Lord leads and the door is open that he wants her to go through. Uh, Candy, how can they contact you if they want to book you to come in and speak to their students or speak to their uh, you know church and so forth mm -hmm. how can they contact okay. you um, my email address is okay. cc like cat cat cc dot featherstone creative at gmail.com that's cc dot featherstone creative at gmail.com now that's a long one, so we're going to put it, it in the chat stream, okay? I'm going to put that in the chat stream, the toll-free number in the chat stream. And on this broadcast, you know, for those of you that I didn't introduce myself, for those of you that have never seen me before, I'm Maggie Cavanaugh, and I broadcast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to bring you keys to your best life. And so I always like to end every broadcast with maybe just a key uh, that the viewers can walk away with. And, you know, Candy is a, uh, not in addition to being a specialist and expert in this area, she's an amazing Bible teacher. We were talking about a scripture before. So Candy, can you give them that scripture? Because I believe that that scripture is a key mm -hmm. to them understanding the importance of this, you know? Mm -hmm. So, well, the word says that um, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yes. And, you know, even though I feel like we cannot um, end human trafficking, it's been around since the woman at the well. Right. It has been. When Jesus asked her, where are your husbands? Yes. Because she'd been with many men. Yes. And um, she was known as a prostitute. Yes. But um, today, modern day slavery goes way beyond prostitution. You right. cannot say the word prostitute without saying victim. At some point in that person's life, People right. behave out of what they believe. Yes. Okay. Yes, I believe that. If they believe they're a product, they'll continue to be a product. That's right. But we are a byproduct yes. of our creator. And so um, even though we can't stop the issue of human trafficking, we can prevent. Yes. We can prevent it from happening to someone else. Yes. Reach out to your young people. Reach out to your family members. Talk about this. Listen, I grew up in a, in a world where um, sex abuse and things like that, that is not talked about. Yeah. The church right. would never dream of talking about right. it. It's so taboo. Mm -hmm. Today, the church is waking up. I'm so thankful. They're talking about these topics that, you know, young people need to know. If we can't go to the church, if we can't go to um, people who believe the same as we do, who can we go to? Absolutely. Who can we trust? So um, I think that we need to um, reface that yes. for the world. Yes. We need, to, we need the world to see us completely different from what they have believed. Because so many their identity. advantage of their position, yes. you know, and um, and and I, I say that because unfortunately human trafficking has happened in church. Yes, 
I hate to even say that, but it has, you know, uh, God is no respecter of persons, but neither is the devil. And he will go anywhere he can. It can. And and I just want to address this issue real quick before we get off here, because I'm real passionate about this. I've spent a lot of years counseling people. And one of the things, one of the strongholds in addictions that I see more and more of, uh, and not just with men, this is not a men issue. Okay. This is affecting our children Mm -hmm. and uh, women and, you know, even women in ministry I've dealt with. Okay. Because of the strongholds of the sexual appetite, God created sex and it's a good thing in the context of marriage, but it's been perverted. And, you know, and so for those uh, that are watching this, that if you're going to the strip clubs, you know, and I'm listen, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you the facts. If you watch porn, if you promote it in any sense of the fashion, and I mean, not even just, uh, you know, hardcore porn. I'm talking about soft porn on TV. You promote those television shows, Mm -hmm. uh, the music you listen to, the things that you do. You have to be aware that you are contributing to this. The United States is the largest consumer of all of this. And that is where it starts, because they're trying to feel it's just like whenever you do a drug you have to do more to get that same effect so you can start off with some little soft form whatever you you know you want to call it and say oh it's just entertainment no it is not just entertainment it's going to lead to more and lead to more and now we've got all of these issues with people with sexual strongholds and they are going to the next level and then people are victimized we have got to take a stand y'all we have got to make people aware And I'm grateful for you, Candy, that 20 years ago, God put on your heart that this is something that is important to his heart because he is about freedom. It is for freedom that he set us free. And Jesus, Mm -hmm. the name of Jesus is it will break every stronghold, every chain and so forth. So I want to thank you for taking the time to watch this broadcast. I would like for you to share it out with all of your friends, families, colleagues, people that need to be aware of this. And, you know, again, we have to be sensitive to those that have been caught up in this area and we need to be aware, but not overly vigilant. That's something that I, I think that we need to stress and we've said that several times so we don't want you going over to your neighbor's house going why has there been multiple people coming in and out? Because they might be having a family reunion, you know, planning a wedding, That's you know, right. and so right. forth. But you know the signs and the knower, you know, deep down inside is, you know, you've got that gut feeling. And if you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got that leading. So don't don't close your eyes to this. Right. You right. know, and Absolutely. again, in the words of William Wilberforce, you know, you can you can say, you know, you can close your eyes to this, but you cannot say you did not know. That's right. And Candy, is there anything else you want to add before we log off? Yes, very quickly. Um, we touched on some things. We were very careful to someone actually being triggered if they were watching this. So yes. if there are groups, if there are churches or organizations that would like more in-depth Yes. Uh, on this. I'm, I'm right. happy to share that with you. Yes. Um, just wanted to be very mindful of that since yes. we're broadcasting live. Yeah, we're on many platforms right now. So we wanted to be very careful. So if you need a private setting and you need, I'm telling you, the training that Candy has is amazing. I went through some of the training, I, I don't know, probably about seven years ago that you did. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mine, it just, I, and I thought I knew a lot about it until I went through this. So the more you know, Uh, the more that you can help. And if you cannot do anything else, I want you to get on your knees and I want you to pray. You know, pray for those that are on the front line like Candy's been for the last 20 years. It is, um, it, 
this this type of ministry is the type of ministry that pulls on your heartstrings on a daily basis, 24-7. It doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Like, you know, I'm dealing with people that are fighting addiction. It doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we have to be mindful that there are people every day that are dying of overdoses. And there are people every day that are being trafficked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always make statements like, you know, well, you know, people think that it's not their problem until it happens to someone in their family. Mm -hmm. Everyone has been affected by someone yes. bound up yes. and it all intertwines together. It's bondage. And so we know the chain breaker. So if you'd like to know more about Jesus, look at these faces. We will talk to you. Uh, we will talk the paint off the wall about Jesus to you if you want to know that much. If not, we will answer any questions you may have. Uh, Candy Carter, my dear friend, and uh, I thank you, Candy, for taking the time to do this. This is very important. So God bless you guys. We'll check the chat screen stream here in just a minute and answer any questions you have. And if you put any derogatory statements on here, you will be deleted and blocked. <laughs> have a blessed day, y'all. See you next time. Uh, Wednesday, I have an amazing guest, Crystal North. Some of you know her. Uh, we're going to talk about faith because I've watched this woman stand. When the doctor said no, God said yes. So don't miss that broadcast Wednesday morning at 9 Central Standard Time. And uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Hey everybody, got an exciting broadcast today for you with my dear friend, Candy Carter. And I need you to get this out to your friends. I need you to share this on your page, like it, comment, ask your questions. We will go back after the broadcast and address those. But right now, I'd like to get right into it. So today, I have an expert in the area of human trafficking. And some of you may or may not know that the month of January is actually Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Yes. So I know that if you're friends with Candy, you have seen things on the internet and you're probably like going, oh my goodness. But that's the reality of the world that we live in. So Candy, thank you for taking the time to allow me to interview you today, opening up your beautiful home and taking the time to share with me and the viewers about this important, important um, broadcast. They really need to know and they need to be aware because we have ideas of what it is and what it isn't. And today you're going to walk away from this broadcast knowing uh, what to look for, uh, what it is, what it is not, and how can you help in your community? Because I think we all need to be aware. We do. Uh, how, do Candy, just so the viewers know, I know that you've got like 20 plus years in this, okay? Mm -hmm. Why don't you give them just a moment to tell them how you got started in this? Sure. Okay. Well, I definitely didn't uh, put in for the job. Uh, <laughs> I know the Lord called you to this one. This is something that you would be like, pick me, pick me. No, no, I understand I didn't at all. Um, in fact, it was just a, it was a situation where a dear family that I love um, had a daughter who was struggling with uh, crack cocaine addiction, mm -hmm. and um, that's really kind of what pulled me out into the streets. Um, I, I was already involved in ministry and I knew that God was calling me further. Um, and I knew that he was calling me to street ministry, but I was afraid to go. Sure. Honestly. Um, but you know, this person, um, I loved her. I loved her family and I cared enough to go. And while I was out there, I began to see the women. Wow. Blew my mind. How many were out there? And, um, you know, I just kept praying and asking the Lord to give me a way to speak to them. And the first thing that came to my mind was how Jesus always met 
a physical need before he ministered to anyone. Absolutely. And he always had food. Yeah. <laughs> and multiplied it to me. And multiplied it. So um, that was basically what I started doing. I started mm -hmm. packing sandwiches and I was going around the neighborhood. Um, girl and um, I would offer them food. A lot of them would not take it because they didn't know who I was. They didn't trust me. They didn't know I was an undercover police officer right. or not, just trying to get their attention or get them to talk to me. So um, I kind of had to earn my way out there. Yeah. Um, there were times that I drove by the neighborhoods. So I threw bags out the window. Wow. And they would land on the ground and the girls would look at them and look at each other like, what is this? this crazy woman? So anyway, um, after a little bit of time, I started to notice when I would go through the neighborhood, they would raise their hand, they'd flag me down mm. and I'd roll my window down and they'd say, do you have anything to eat today? And I'd say, yeah, come on in. <clears throat> and so I would get them to come in my car or some of them wouldn't, they wouldn't sure. get in my car because they had to stand out there. And so if I could get them in my car, I'd say, well, let's go get something to eat. You don't have to eat a sandwich. Mm, and so I would take them to go get something to eat. And after they would eat, they would begin to open up yes. and talk to me. And that's basically how it got started. Well, a trust is everything. And, you know, a lot of times we think that we're going to go in and we're going to, you know, immediately it's like, let me help you. And yes. we cannot take that. Yes. You know, we need to prepare in any way, whether it's this type of ministry mm -hmm. or any type of ministry, you've got mm -hmm. to build that relationship. Right. And right. so I'm so thankful you built that relationship because, you know, it lets them know that it's okay. Yes. Uh, that it, talking about it is good. And, and they open up and share that information, which led you way further than you ever thought the Lord would take you in oh this gosh. ministry. Yeah. I, I never dreamed in a million years that this is where um, God would have me be. But it's been such an honor to... Yes just to have people that would trust me with their deepest, darkest secrets, the things that have haunted them all of their lives or the things that they've had to sweep under the rugs and they didn't have family that they could, that they could go talk to. Sure. So just really trying to um, love them right where they are in the middle of their circumstances. That's, that's how Jesus met me. Absolutely. Me too. You know? Me too. And my hot mess. <laughs> And I'm forever grateful, forever grateful. You know, you mentioned, you know, having families and so forth. Do you see a lot of this being a generational thing where mama was trafficked and daughter was trafficked and they're trafficking their children? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that is the majority yes. of what I've seen. I've seen that a lot in addiction. Yeah. So that's why, yes. you know, because it all kind of works hand in hand. Brokenness right. is brokenness and it, uh, it bleeds into the other areas of their lives and so forth. Right. For those that are watching this broadcast that aren't familiar with it, you know, I know years ago I used to think, oh, well, that's stuff that happens over, you know, with the drug lords in other countries and they don't realize it's happening in your own backyard. It is mm -hmm. happening in your backyard. And right. that is part of the reason we're doing this broadcast is to help equip you and inform you and prepare you to watch for these signs in your local community because this is real and you know with it being an awareness month I've watched over the years because I've been I've been aware of this for about maybe 10 years and mm -hmm. so and it's been going on much longer than that mm -hmm. but before that I had a certain mindset of what I thought it was so can you share with the viewers what exactly is human trafficking absolutely um, and, and if you don't mind I'm just gonna read because I yes. want to give you the exact definition of it yes please, please please this is why i have an expert y'all she's amazing <laughs> okay so 
Human trafficking is a form of modern day slavery in which victims are subjected to force, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of commercial sex, debt bondage, or involuntary labor. Victims of human trafficking can be young children, teenagers, men, and women. They can be U.S. citizens, lawful permanent residents, or foreign nationals, and they can be found in urban, suburban, and rural areas. Minors who are induced to per, uh, perform commercial sex acts are victims of trafficking, regardless of whether their traffickers are uh, use force, fraud, or coercion. So there's a difference when it is a minor. There doesn't have to be force, fraud, or coercion involved. Okay. Gotcha. Um, those are key words when you're talking about an adult. But with a minor, anytime you are dealing with a minor, um, you know, it's, there doesn't have to be force in it, fraud no. or coercion at all, because they're just, they're minors and they don't have the ability to um, say no, like an adult would. Sure. Or to stand up for themselves. They're, they're a lot more vulnerable. Sure. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times what happens is, is they, they think this is a norm because this is the only life they've known. Right, right. And when I say minors, you know, I think a lot of people might immediately think, oh, teenager. Sadly not. Sadly not. Um, you know, it is heartbreaking. Um, you know, when we think about this, we think, OK, it's runaways out on the streets, which it can be. But many times um, children are born into this uh, for the purpose of that. And uh, there's a very dark uh, side to all of this, even darker than, you know, when we talk about it, we think that's really bad. But unfortunately, over the years, media has brought a sense of normalcy to dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And um, why don't you tell the viewers a little bit about just how bad this is, Candy? I mean, as far as, you know, you don't have to go into the exact statistics, mm -hmm. but to give them an understanding of why it is important that everyone prepares to be able to identify this. Uh, you know, my husband is a truck driver, he's a professional driver, and there's a, an organization called Trafficking Against, you know, Trucking Against Trafficking. Yes. And, you know, it's a very important, but, and something that we don't think so much about is like the hotel industry. Right. You know, people being trained and people being able to recognize what this is so that they can report it. Mm -hmm. And so why don't you just share on your heart with the viewers what you feel like they need to know to make an educated decision decision on when to take action and what to look for. Okay. Well, I think the most important thing is we, you know, it's important to be vigilant, but want to be hyper vigilant. Right. And I say that because sure. I see a lot of things that pop up on social media where, right. um, you know, I think can sometimes get blown out of proportion where sure. um, it just, it creates a hype. And we right. don't want to stir fear in people. The most important thing is that we are educated on what it is, what the signs are. Um, but most importantly, we need to educate our young people. Yes. You know, yes. as young as age two. And when I say that, I don't mean go and tell a two-year-old about human trafficking. What you need to do is tell that two-year-old what safe touch is. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's some of the very same training that you would do for a child when you want to prevent uh, child sex abuse. And a lot of times that's where it begins. Right. It begins with the grooming process. 
Yes, yes. And for those that don't know, let's talk about grooming because okay. I know we've got a whole issue with social media. There is um, an indoctrination, if you will, for children to see um, sexuality in all these other areas as normalcies. We see it in video games. We see it in TV shows. We even see it in commercials. Oh, yeah. And you know, YouTube and so forth. And so, all of these areas. Why don't you explain to them exactly what is grooming? Well, that's a dumb Okay. So grooming just basically means that a person, usually someone that the child knows, um, is gaining their trust so that they don't feel like what they're doing to them is wrong. Mm -hmm. And another thing that parents tend to not realize is that the grooming not only is for the child, but it's for their parents. Yes. The groomers want the parents to trust them as well. Yes. Um, so we have to be very careful who we put, whose hands we put our children in. Absolutely. It's um, huge. It is huge. Um, there are so many facets and just layers to human trafficking. You know, we could talk all day about it. Yes. Weeks of series. Oh, yeah. I mean, if oh, real, yeah. there's so, so much. many things. Yes. But um, a groomer is going to do everything they can to earn that child's trust. Yes. And they're master manipulators. I they really are. You know, I, I'm a victim of sexual abuse and I worked with women for several years in this area. And I can get a group of 20 women in a group and, you know, 70, 80 percent have mm -hmm. been either violated, molested, you know, some form or fashion. And it's always mm -hmm. someone they know, mm -hmm. someone they know uh, and someone they trusted, someone their parents trusted them with. Yes. And so one of the big things that I was just blown away when I learned years ago about what boyfriending is. You know how boys would actually, you know, they would court these girls, they would treat them like princes, yeah. make them feel so special. They would fall in love with them, and before they knew it, they were caught up and way too deep mm -hmm. in the situation. Is that something you've seen a lot of over oh, yeah. years? Oh yeah, that happens a lot in school. Uh, the yes. older boys dating the younger girls, yes. um, trying to win them over. Sometimes they may have a, um, a friends to see if they can get a girl, win her over, and then they might get that girl in a situation where she's trapped, yes. you know, and there are other boys there and yes. they have their way with her. And that one particular boy may get something out of that, some kind of commodity out of that, whether it be, you know, money or right. whatever it is, um, regardless, um, these girls are being victimized. And, and listen, I want to say this very carefully. It's not just our girls. Right. This is happening That's to right. our boys too. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, we see it more predominantly in the, um, in the uh, boys that are practicing a homosexual lifestyle. Right. Um, they are just so much more vulnerable. Yes, they are. Um, it's, it's sad. It is sad. And, you know, and it doesn't, there is no social economical uh, basis for this because some of you might be thinking, well, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, in an area where that happens or this wouldn't happen and so forth. This is happening in rural America. This is happening in major cities. Uh, matter of fact, major cities are a huge issue with it because for like us, and we're in the Tennessee area, I know I was in Central Florida and I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, and all of those are remotely within. Places. And I know here we're like so many hours to Atlanta. 
Indianapolis, St. Louis, and so forth. And so I'm so proud of Tennessee that they're taking yes. uh, the position that they have in trafficking. A lot of that is because of the work that Candy has done and, and the other advocates out there trying to educate the masses so that you will understand and be able to know what to look for. So, you know, so let's talk for a few moments about some of the victims. I know, and I, due to confidentiality, we're not going to discuss any casework or anything special like that, but there are lots of people that are survivors and they're still they're wounded and that's why i put a trigger alert on this because this this type of thing totally changes your view your perception on life you know when your trust has been violated and taken away from you it's really hard to get back into society so how would you i mean what what are the thoughts if someone knows someone that's been trafficked how would you recommend that people handle those relationships Mm -hmm. so are you talking about someone who has already gotten out of it yeah. or something who's in it. Oh, let's talk about both. Let's talk first for those that are survivors that have gotten out of it on the other side of it. Okay. Um, talk about that first and then we'll talk about okay. So the first thing I want to do is address survivors. Yes. You guys are champions. Yeah. I mean I have seen survivors Amazing. come out of this and they have um gotten the healing that they've needed they've gone yes. through um, the, the trauma work that they've needed and they're fighting back yes. and I'm so proud of them I'm so proud of them because I, I just know um, how liberating it is they can actually take that which has happened to them what the enemy meant to destroy them mm-hmm. and they're using yes. it for God's glory and I'm seeing yes. a lot of survivors there stand up for this so I praise God for you. Um, But there are, in all reality, there are still some survivors out there that have not received the trauma healing that they need. They have not. It is complex trauma. It's not just trauma. It's complex trauma. It's so embedded and it's just tragic. Yeah, it is. And, you know, there are a lot of survivors out there who come out of it and they go on their own way. A lot of them end up homeless. They may have um, addiction issues. Sure. So they're still struggling with those addictions. Yes. We got to love them right where they are. Yes. And and to know, uh, to understand what their situation is. When you're talking about complex trauma, we're not talking about someone who can just get over what has happened to them. They can't. Right. They have to have adequate help. Yes. And, um, you know, with any addiction issue, you can't do that on your own. Absolutely You just can't. you got to have help. So um, I think for for those of us who are close to survivors um, or a family member who has the survivor in your family, um, it's really important that you extend a lot of grace. A lot of grace. They need a lot of grace. A lot of love, a lot of grace, and a lot of patience. Yes. Because this didn't happen overnight, and it doesn't become undone overnight. And so we definitely need to be the one. Jesus put skin on, loving them right where they're at and not, not, you know, having any, you know, many times people like you made, you made the statement, just get over it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if someone has been through some stuff and someone says, why don't you just get over it? I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. we have to, we have to be uh, empathy and, you know, not sympathy because we, you know, we want to be empathetic to what they've been through, but we want to also approach it in a way that is spirit led. For those of you that are Christ followers on here, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just go in hard and fast saying, you know, well, you need to go this and you need to do that. And you need to just start your life over and we're just going to do this. And we're going to, no, no, it's years and yes. years. Listen, 
triggers, the triggers that come up. Yes. I mean, they can feel completely fine and healed. And 10 years later, a song come on the radio and yes. trigger them yes. or they see something on the news and it triggers them. So, yes. you know, we have to be mindful of that. Yes. And, you know, and I say to those who are out there, if you're still struggling with triggers, don't be so hard on yourself. Right. Don't get mad at yourself because you haven't gotten past it. Um, but it's important to reach out to someone who can can give you um, the right amount of um, help you need, the right you need. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know a very dear survivor friend of mine, and she says there's just one word, mm-hmm. and his name is Jesus. <laughs> that's where their healing comes from. Hallelujah. Ultimately, that's yes. where our freedom comes from. Amen. So I agree um, with that. Yeah, freedom is in Christ. Yes. Christ alone. Yes. Um, so for those that are, you know, maybe know someone that is is um, stuck in in this this dark lifestyle and they don't know how to get them out because they are, you know, you, some of you may remember like, you know, Patty Hearst back in the day. And I know when I was in college, we studied the Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. Okay. So where their captors become their heroes, that becomes all they know, especially if they've been brought up in this. So to them, it's, this is, this is how life is, and this is their safe place. And they begin to trust these people, but yet you know that there's something wrong with this. How do they respond other than prayer? We know that our first, mm-hmm. you know, first thing to do is be on our knees and, and going mm-hmm. before the King of Kings and taking authority over the demonic forces that operate in this industry. But what are some of the things they can want for some of the things that they can do to help someone? Okay. So the likelihood of a, just your average, you know, individual um, having to work firsthand with a survivor, um, you know, most most people do kind of reach out for professional help. They don't try to deal with that on their own. But if you're a mom and you've got a daughter or you've got a son or a dad, a grandparent, mm-hmm. you know, caregiver that has someone in your home that is a survivor, um, I think the most important thing is educating yourself on complex trauma. Yes. It will give you so yes. many answers. Yes. Listen, I am the mom of a survivor and um, she's given me complete permission to tell you guys that um, we've spent years of just healing, sure. you know, and where she is today is in a beautiful place. Amen. Beautiful place. And she, you know, she spends her time praying for others and so um, precious. she is. And, um, you know, but, but there are still triggers that are there that I don't know if they will always be there. But the, the thing of it is, is she's learned how to cope through the triggers. Yes. And I've learned the signs of triggers. So yes. that's important. We have to educate ourselves. Yes. Um, as complex as the trauma is, the healing part is complex as well. Absolutely. Um, and so I guess at, with that being said, I want to speak to law enforcement. Yes. I speak to those who are in law enforcement, for those who are in, um, uh, if you work in the ER, any kind of emergency personnel. Yes. Um, I know that there has to be, and most departments are requiring a level of training um, in dealing with victims. And, um, you know, but still just in the line, specifically in the line of uh, law enforcement or people who work in the ER, you see so many patients, so much trauma that you learn how to disassociate 
mm-hmm. so that so that the pain doesn't affect you personally and you don't go home with that pain and mm-hmm. um, you know trying to come back home and be a, a normal parent to your children or husband or wife to your spouse. Um, just like Maggie said, there has to be a level of empathy there when you're dealing with um, a victim, um, depending on the level of trauma. You know, um, I'm so thankful here in our city that our local police department has now yes. formed an anti-trafficking unit. I'm so thankful. And the detectives that are working there, I've seen nothing but wonderful compassion that comes out of there. You know, um, one of them there specifically has told me that um, it feels like a calling, you yes. know, and I know I know this person on a personal level and I know that they pray. Um, for those that they're working with. But, um, you know, I think that if our law enforcement is, is educated on the trauma that goes with it, I think it would give them a different take on how they actually interview them. Because when they go in and they do a sting and let's say there's a girl uh, caught up in the middle of that, her first response is not always going to be that of help me. I'm a victim. Right. Because their traffickers, a lot of times, have groomed them and they yes. have brainwashed them to believe that they are just as guilty as they are, that they right. are part of it and they're part of the whole operation. Yes. And you're if in the trouble. Pill goes down, you're going with me. Yep. And, and so the girl becomes very defensive, or the, I shouldn't say girl because, again, it's guys as well. It, yeah, it can be um, any. They become yeah. defensive, wanting to protect themselves. Um, and they're also afraid of law enforcement. Sure. Unfortunately, we've had some crooked law enforcement. I'm not saying here, but I'm right. saying it has happened. Sure. You know, where um, victims don't trust law enforcement. Sure. They've been taught that they are not a friend. Right. So just reestablishing that um, with those who are in our need yes. or who are in need of us. Um, sorry, I'm, uh, my words got jumbled up. But anyway, um, in the hospital, I have sat in on... Um, when girls are having to have a rape kit done, you know, it's hard. Yes. It's very hard. Yes. I think it is extremely important for whoever is doing that examination to be very sensitive. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my Bedside gosh. manner is extremely important Yes. Um, when dealing with them because you can re-traumatize them. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. by not being tender with them. Yes. Gentle with your words. Yes. Um, just really acknowledging what they've gone through. It's huge. Um, it is huge. So, um, oh gosh, there's so many, there's so many aspects of this that I can talk about. Um, yes. It just goes on and on and on. Um, and I think Maggie, you know, it's important that people know this happens in your backyard. Yes. People are becoming more aware. Yes. Praise God. They're becoming more aware about it. Yes. I hate that it's taken it this long. To come to light, but it has, but here we are. It's, it's our problem. It's in our laps. We have to deal with it just Absolutely. like we're having to deal with um, the opioid addiction that's right. out there. Right. And there are some serious matters that we're having to face that have gotten out of hand because it's been undealt with for too long. Yes. And there's been a stigma involved in this. Oh gosh. Yes. And so in, in both addiction and, and trafficking and they're, and they're heavily linked because mm-hmm. a lot of times 
uh, these victims will in order uh, for them to be able to use them the way that they do, they will intoxicate them with drugs. Absolutely. And that way they get control mm -hmm. and they gain control over them. And then, you know, it's a, it's a vicious cycle either way. And these things are going on and now people are talking about it. And that's why we're on here today. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, a lot of times when we see people like Candy, you know, Candy, you've done a great job this month. I've really laid it out there and letting everybody <laughs> I know and I know those of you are going man that's so heavy you know what sometimes we need to stop and say hey this is going on mm -hmm. and what can we do as um, you know just humanity how can humanity handle these crises and education is the key and if you don't have the education you're not gonna know when this is going on you're kind of not gonna know when the neighbor in your you know um, $300,000 home next door all of a sudden has a van and, and girls are there getting loaded up in the morning and leaving in the afternoon. What traffickers have found whenever it comes with human trafficking has made it uh, where they have found out when they sell a drug, okay, that drug is gone and they have to get another one. When they sell humans, they do it over and over and over again. Yes. And when they get pulled over and it's just a bunch of people in the van going somewhere, I mean, you know, it's not so notable. So this is something you have to be trained to understand what to watch for. And you do have to get professionals involved because you can't, you know, like she said, don't be super vigilant, you know, like I'm going to go, you know, and you know, I'm like, I got that personality. Okay. I will take yes. you down yes. on the side of the road. If I think, no. <laughs> that morning was for me, y'all. But it's true. We have to be trained, but then we also have to know. What is the next step? So what are some of the things that we need to watch for, Candy? What would you uh, say are the top three things that people need to watch for if they suspect something in their, you know, we all drive to our respective locations every day, whether it be our ministries and our jobs or schools, and we're in the community. And so we see a lot of things. We live in a rural area. And so every time weird stuff is going on in some country field, my husband is like on it. He's like, there's like been seven cars there, you know, and this is, you know, because we're watching. Yes. We're watching for and it. And that's, that's what you have to do. Watch for it. Okay. We have to have, have our eyes open. Yes. yes. We don't need to be sleeping on this issue. Right. We don't. Right. Um, you know, keep your eyes open for things that look out of place. You have to go with your gut. Yes. Um, if you notice that, I mean, you live in a neighborhood. If you know that you have a neighbor um, who who is, like you said, bringing girls in and out, in and out, you're seeing uh, girls dressed scantily. Yes. Um, if you're you're just noticing behaviors that are not normal, if you see something, say something. Absolutely. Make note. Take notes. Yes. Start writing chat numbers down. Sure. Yes. Start Absolutely. documenting what you see that looks abnormal. And then you can kind of put your pieces together. I think every person has some kind of uh, investigative nature sure. on the inside. It's called the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us well, into all yes. truth. And he will, he will shine a light on those yes. things when you allow him to. But if you want to take a closed eye to this, you know, you're going to miss out on maybe helping rescue someone out there. William Wilberforce is like one of my favorite people in history. I love him. And he made a quote, you know, that you, you can ignore this, but you cannot say that you did not know.
watching this broadcast today, you are being made aware of what's going on out there. And we're not saying go out there and just like, you know, be consumed with this. We don't want people to be consumed. We want no. people to be aware and we want people to be active and proactive in taking action when necessary. So we're, we're watching with our eyes and uh, we're educating our children. And what, what is anything else? That yeah. I mean, if you travel, if you uh, go to stay in a hotel, oh yeah, you notice, you know, and listen again. We want to be very careful. We don't mislabel something. Sure, absolutely. You know, we, yes, we, we can't say because you see a younger girl with an older man that you know right. he's he's taking her for a date. Sure. We can't say that. That could be his granddaughter. Absolutely, who is struggling in her own area and she's dressed scantily. Right. I mean, it absolutely it does. It does. Um, <laughs> so we can't say that every person, you know, we don't want to we don't want to do that. We do want to make sure that we pay attention to the signs. Now, if she's got bruises on her, mm. if she looks like she's a minor and she's got tattoos, especially, you know, on her neck or just in places that normal right. teen would not have tattoos. Sure. Somebody's name tattooed on them. That's usually that's a, a, big a branding sign. Yes, yeah. branding. Yeah. Um, if they look malnourished, if mm -hmm. they look like their teeth um, have yes. not been properly taken care of. Right. Um, if they look ungroomed, you know, not, not very well groomed. Or if you notice a, a young girl, teenager dressed like she's, being advertised. I mean, right. That's definitely something that you want to pay attention to. Yes. Um, and again, for those of you who travel, those are the times to keep your eyes open where you're going to stay in uh, hotels, motels. Yes. That's where a lot of this takes place yeah. here in our city. Just like Maggie said, you can get, um, I think that we've, we've got what, six different interstates coming out of middle Tennessee. Yes. It is we're, like, we're like a hub. Of yes, a wheel, you know, really and, and there are all of these ways to come and go. And that is, is what happens. We see, we have seen girls, um, traffickers have brought girls in. They take them to different motels along the interstate and they divide them up. And then men will make call. They'll come all night long in these places. And these girls are being sold multiple times throughout the night. You know, it's it's horrific. And I know you're thinking, oh, my gosh. I mean, but, you know, it, this this is happening in our own backyards and being informed and knowing what to look for. You know, uh, the traveling thing is so big. I know that I've gone on the road with Kevin before and, you know, we would be at truck stops mm -hmm. and, you know, he has literally had um, someone try to solicitate. You know, because in, in truck stop and rest areas and things like that, you've got to watch for those signs. Mm -hmm. And before he was aware of what was going on, but he said, you know, it would just blow him away. And so you've got to be trained and you've got to know what to do. And then what happens if you see something? And obviously we have a local task force working here. So yeah. we know that we would contact them. But if you're on the road and, you know, maybe you're traveling somewhere, what phone number is there available okay there is a national hotline number okay let me get you that number it is i should have this memorized it's all right so, and i'm so thankful i've noticed in a lot of okay. restrooms that they're starting to put that number there where where people can uh call it is 1-888-373-3300 
7888. And that's a pretty easy number to remember, even for me, because all those eights and eight means new beginnings. And when you reach out and contact us, you are potentially starting a new beginning for someone who has been trapped mm -hmm. and someone who doesn't know how to get out and someone who thinks this is the norm and this is the way that their life is supposed to be. You know, so remember that number. I'm going to say it again. 888-373-7888. And I'm going to put it in the chat stream. Now, I know we're broadcasting on several different platforms here. Yes. So I know you guys are going, well, Maggie, you normally interact with the audience a little bit. Not on these type of broadcasts, because I want to make sure that I extract every bit of ounce of expertise with my friend here while I batter, uh, so that you will be informed and know what to do. Now, we will go back. So if you have questions, we would like for you to put them in the chat mm -hmm. stream. And after the broadcast, we'll go back and we'll answer those. Um, and I'm going to look here on this Facebook. There's a bunch of different people watching and so forth. You know, Pam says, amen. I'm so glad y'all are bringing awareness. This is a horrific epidemic. And uh, when I saw the epidemic, I say it was because truly is. And many of these young girls and women, even boys, are unfortunately victims. And me and this needs to cease. Oh, we can't agree even more. Pam, thank you for that comment comment because it is it does need to cease and it'll only cease just like just like slavery okay this is modern day slavery is yes, how it's it is. defined in every sense. you know in every sense of it and you know I we have to take a stand okay and that may look different for all of you but bringing awareness is the key maybe you're not called to you know be an advocate like candy is now i want you to be aware if you are out there and you have an agency or you have a church candy is a consultant she is an expert in this area she's been in it over over 20 plus years of this industry and if you're wanting her to reach out to you or are wanting to reach out to her should i say uh because she only goes where the lord bleeds and the door is open that he wants her to go through uh candy how can they contact you if they want to book you to come in and speak to their students or speak to their uh, you know church and so forth mm -hmm. how can they contact okay. you um, my email address is okay. cc like cat cat cc dot featherstone creative at gmail.com that's cc dot featherstone creative at gmail.com now that's a long one, so we're going to put it, it in the chat stream, okay? I'm going to put that in the chat stream, the toll-free number in the chat stream. And on this broadcast, you know, for those of you that I didn't introduce myself, for those of you that never seen me before, I'm Maggie Cavanaugh, and I broadcast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to bring you keys to your best life. And so I always like to end every broadcast with maybe just a key uh, that the viewers can walk away with. And, you know, Candy is a uh, not in addition to being a specialist and expert in this area. She's an amazing Bible teacher. We were talking about a scripture before. So, Candy, can you give them that scripture? Because I believe that that scripture is a key mm -hmm. to them understanding the importance of this, you know. Mm -hmm. So, well, the word says that um, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yes. And, you know, even though I feel like we cannot um, end Human trafficking, it's been around since the woman at the well. Right. It has been. When Jesus asked her, where are your husbands? Yes. Because she'd been with many men. Yes. And um, she was known as a prostitute. Yes. But um, today, modern day slavery goes way beyond prostitution. You right. cannot say the word prostitute without saying victim. At some point in that person's life, People right. behave out of what they believe. Yes. Okay. Yes, I believe that. If they believe they're a product, they'll continue to be a product. That's right. 
that we are a byproduct yes. of our creator. And so um, even though we can't stop the issue of human trafficking, we can prevent. Yes. We can prevent it from happening to someone else. Yes. Reach out to your young people. Reach out to your family members. Talk about this. Listen, I grew up in a, in a world where um, sex abuse and things like that, that was not talked about. Yeah. The church right. would never dream of talking about right. it. It's so taboo. Mm. Today, the church is waking up. I'm so thankful. They're talking about these topics that, you know, young people need to know. If we can't go to the church, if we can't go to um, people who believe the same as we do, who can we go to? Absolutely. Who can we trust? So um, I think that we need to um, reface that yes. for the world. Yes. We need to, we need the world to see us completely different from what they have believed hmm. because so many their identity advantage of their position, yes. you know, and, um, and, and I, I say that because unfortunately human trafficking has happened in church. Yes. I hate to even say that, but it has, you happened. know, uh, God is no respecter of persons, but no. neither is the devil. And no. he will go anywhere he can. It can. And, mm -hmm. and I just want to address this issue real quick before we get off here, because I'm real passionate about this. I've spent a lot of years counseling people. And one of the things, one of the strongholds in addictions that I see more and more of, uh, and not just with men, this is not a men issue. Okay. This is affecting our children mm -hmm. and uh, women. And, you know, even women in ministry I've dealt with, okay, because yes. of the strongholds of the sexual appetite, God created sex and it's a good thing in the context of marriage, but it's been perverted. And, if, you know, so. and so for those uh, that are watching this, that if you're going to the strip clubs, you know, and I'm, listen, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you the facts. If you watch porn, if you promote it in any sense of the fashion, and I mean, not even just, uh, you know, hardcore porn, I'm talking about soft porn on TV. You promote those television shows, mm -hmm. uh, the music you listen to, the things that you do. You have to be aware that you are contributing to this. Yes. The United States is the largest consumer of all of this. And that is where it starts because they're trying to feel it's just like whenever you do a drug you have to do more to yes. get that same effect so you can start off with some little soft form whatever you, you know you want to call it and say oh it's just entertainment no it is not just entertainment it's going to lead to more and lead to more and now we've got all of these issues with people with sexual strongholds and they are going to the next level and then people are victimized we have got to take a stand y'all we have got to make people aware and I'm grateful for you, Candy, that 20 years ago, God put on your heart that this is something that is important to his heart because he is about freedom. It is for freedom that he set us free. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, mm -hmm. the name of Jesus, Amen. is it will break every stronghold, every chain and so forth. So I want to thank you for taking the time to watch this broadcast. I would like for you to share it out with all of your friends, families, colleagues, people that need to be aware of this. And, you know, again, we have to be sensitive to those that have been caught up in this area and we need to be aware but not overly vigilant that's something that yes. I, I think that we need to stress and we've said that several times so we don't want you going over to your neighbor's house going why has there been multiple people coming in and out? Because they might be having a family reunion, you know, planning a wedding, That's you know, right. and so right. forth. But you know the signs and the knower, you know, deep down inside is, you know, you've got that gut feeling. And if you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got that leading. So don't don't close your eyes to this. Right. You right. know, and Absolutely. again, in the words of William Wilberforce, you know, you can you can say 
You know, you can close your eyes to this, but you cannot say you did not know. That's right. And Candy, is there anything else you want to add before we log off? Yes, very quickly. Um, we touched on some things. We were very careful to someone actually being triggered if they were watching this. So yes. if there are groups, if there are churches or organizations that would like more in-depth Yes. Uh, on this. I'm, I'm right. happy to share that with you. Yes. Um, just wanted to be very mindful of that since yes. we're broadcasting live. Yeah, we're on many platforms right now. So we wanted to be very careful. So if you need a private setting and you need, I'm telling you, the training that Candy has is amazing. I went through some of the training, I, I don't know, probably about seven years ago that you did. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, mine, it just, I, and I thought I knew a lot about it until I went through this. So the more you know, uh, the more that you can help. And if you cannot do anything else, I want you to get on your knees and I want you to yes. pray. Yes. You know, pray for those that are on the front line yes. like Candy's been for the last 20 years. It is, um, it, this, this type of ministry is the type of ministry that pulls on your heartstrings on a daily basis, 24-7. It doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Like, you know, I'm dealing with people that are fighting addiction. It doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we have to be mindful that there are people every day that are dying of overdoses. And there are people every day that are being trafficked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always make statements like, you know, well, you know, people think that it's not their problem until it happens to someone in their family. Mm -hmm. Everyone has been affected by someone bound yes. up yes. and it all intertwines together. It's bondage. And so we know the chain breaker. So if you'd like to know more about Jesus, look at these faces. We will talk to you. Uh, we will talk the paint off the wall about Jesus to you. If you want to know that much, if not, we will answer any questions you may have. Uh, Candy Carter, my dear friend. And uh, I thank you, Candy, for taking the time to do this. This is very important. So God bless you guys. We'll check the chat screen stream here in just a minute and answer any questions you have. And if you put any derogatory statements on here, you will be deleted and blocked. <laughs> have a blessed day, y'all. See you next time. Uh, Wednesday, I have an amazing guest, Crystal North. Some of you know her. Uh, we're going to talk about faith because I've watched this woman stand. When the doctor said no, God said yes. So don't miss that broadcast Wednesday morning at 9 Central Standard Time. And uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Hey everybody, got an exciting broadcast today for you with my dear friend, Candy Carter. And I need you to get this out to your friends. I need you to share this on your page, like it, comment, ask your questions. We will go back after the broadcast and address those. But right now I'd like to get right into it. So today I have an expert in the area of human trafficking. And some of you may or may not know that the month of January is actually Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Yes. So I know that if you're friends with Candy, you have seen things on the internet and you're probably like going, oh my goodness. But that's the reality of the world that we live in. So Candy, thank you for taking the time to allow me to interview you today, opening up your beautiful home and taking the time to share with me and the viewers about this important, important um, broadcast. They really need to know and they need to be aware because we have ideas of what it is and what it isn't. And today you're going to walk away from this broadcast knowing uh, what to look for, uh, what it is, what it is not, and how can you help in your community? Because I think we all need to be aware. We do. Uh, how, do you, Candy, just so the viewers know, I know that you've got like 20 plus years in this, okay? Mm -hmm. Why don't you give them just a moment to tell them how you got started in this? Sure. Okay. 
Well, I definitely didn't uh, put in for the job. Uh, <laughs> I know the Lord called you to this one. This he is did. something that you would be like, pick me, pick me. No, no, I understand at all. Um, in fact, it was just a, it was a situation where a dear family that I love um, had a daughter who was struggling with uh, crack cocaine addiction. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really kind of what pulled me out into the streets. Um, I, I was already involved in ministry and I knew that God was calling me further. Um, and I knew that he was calling me to street ministry, but I was afraid to go. Sure. Honestly. Um, but you know, this person, um, I loved her. I loved her family and I cared enough to go. And while I was out there, I began to see the women. Wow. Blew my mind. How many were out there? And, um, you know, I just kept praying and asking the Lord to give me a way to speak to them. And the first thing that came to my mind was how Jesus always met a physical need before he ministered to anyone. Absolutely. And he always had food. Yeah. <laughs> and multiplied it to me. And multiplied it. So um, that was basically what I started doing. I started mm -hmm. packing sandwiches and I was going around the neighborhood. Um, girl and um, I would offer them food. A lot of them would not take it because they didn't know who I was. They didn't trust me. They didn't know I was an undercover police officer or right. not, just trying to get their attention or get them to talk to me. So um, I kind of had to earn my way out there. Yeah. Um, there were times that I drove by the neighborhoods. So I threw bags out the window. Wow. And they would land on the ground and the girls would look at them and look at each other like, what is this? this crazy woman? So anyway, um, after a little bit of time, I started to notice when I would go through the neighborhood, they would raise their hand, they'd flag me down mm. and I'd roll my window down and they'd say, do you have anything to eat today? And I'd say, yeah, come on in. <clears throat> and so I would get them to come in my car or some of them wouldn't, they wouldn't sure. get in my car because they had to stand out there. And so if I could get them in my car, I'd say, well, let's go get something to eat. You don't have to eat a sandwich. Mm, and so I would take them to go get something to eat. And after they would eat, they would begin to open up yes. and talk to me. And that's basically how it got started. Well, a trust is everything. And, you know, a lot of times we think that we're going to go in and we're going to, you know, immediately it's like, let me help you. And yes. we cannot take that. Yes. You know, we need to prepare in any way, whether it's this type of ministry mm -hmm. or any type of ministry, you've got mm -hmm. to build that relationship. Right. And so I'm so thankful you built that relationship because, you know, it lets them know that it's okay. Yes. Uh, that it, talking about it is good. And, and they open up and share that information, which led you way further than you ever thought the Lord would take you in this oh ministry. Yeah. I'm, I never dreamed in a million years that this is where um, God would have me be. But it's been such an honor to yes just to have people that would trust me with their deepest, darkest secrets, the things that have haunted them all of their lives or the things that they've had to sweep under the rugs and they didn't have family that they could, that they could go talk to. Sure. So just really trying to um, love them right where they are in the middle of their circumstances. That's, that's how Jesus met me. Absolutely. Me too. You know? Me too. And my hot mess. <laughs> And I'm forever grateful, forever grateful. You know, you mentioned, you know, having families and so forth. Do you see a lot of this being a generational thing where mama was trafficked and daughter was trafficked and they're trafficking their children? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that is the majority 
yes. of what I've seen. I've seen that a lot in addiction. Yeah. So that's why, yes. you know, because it all kind of works hand in hand. Brokenness mm -hmm. is brokenness and it, uh, it bleeds into the other areas of their lives and so forth. Right. For those that are watching this broadcast that aren't familiar with it, you know, I know years ago I used to think, oh, well, that's stuff that happens over, you know, with the drug lords in other countries and they don't realize it's happening in your own backyard. It is mm -hmm. happening in your backyard. And right. that is part of the reason we're doing this broadcast is to help equip you and inform you and prepare you to watch for these signs in your mm -hmm. local community because this is real. And you know, with it being an awareness month, I've watched over the years because I've been I've been aware of this for about maybe 10 years. And mm -hmm. so and it's been going on much longer than that. Mm -hmm. But before that, I had a certain mindset of what I thought it was. So can you share with the viewers what exactly is human trafficking? Absolutely. Um, and, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to read because I yes. want to give you the exact definition of it. Yes, please, okay. please. This is why I have an expert, y'all. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so human trafficking is a form of modern day slavery in which victims are subjected to force, fraud, or coercion mm -hmm. for the purpose of commercial sex, debt bondage, or involuntary labor. Victims of human trafficking can be young children, teenagers, men, and women. They can be US citizens, lawful permanent residents, or foreign nationals, and they can be found in urban, suburban, and rural areas. Minors who are induced to per, uh, perform commercial sex acts are victims of trafficking, regardless of whether their traffickers are uh, used force, fraud or coercion. So there's a difference when it is a minor. There doesn't have to be force, fraud or coercion involved. OK, gotcha. um, those are key words when you're talking about an adult. But with a minor, anytime you are dealing with a minor, um, you know, it's. There doesn't have to be force in it, fraud no. or coercion at all, because they're just they're minors and they don't have the ability to um, say no like an adult would. Sure. Or to stand up for themselves. They're they're a lot more vulnerable. Sure. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times what happens is, is they, they think this is a norm because this is the only life they know. Right. Right. And when I say minors, you know, I think a lot of people might immediately think, oh, teenager. Sadly not. Sadly not. Um, you know, it is heartbreaking. Um, you know, when we think about this, we think, okay, it's runaways out on the streets, which it can be. But many times um, children are born into this uh, for the purpose of that. And uh, there's a very dark uh, side to all of this, even darker than, you know, when we talk about it, we think that's really bad. But unfortunately, over the years, media has brought a sense of normalcy to dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And um, why don't you tell the viewers a little bit about just how bad this is, Candy? I mean, as far as, you know, you don't have to go into the exact statistics, mm -hmm. but to give them an understanding of why it is important that everyone prepares to be able to identify this. Uh, you know, my husband is a truck driver, he's a professional driver, and there's an organization called Trafficking Against, you know, Trucking Against Trafficking. Yes. And, you know, it's a very important, but, and something that we don't think so much about is like the hotel industry. Right. You know, people being trained and people being able to recognize what this is so that they can report it. Mm -hmm. And so why don't you just share on your heart with the viewers what you feel like they need to know to make an educated decision on when to take action and what to look for. Okay. Well, I think the most important thing is we, 
you know, it's important to be vigilant, but don't be hyper vigilant. Right. And I say that because sure. I see a lot of things that pop up on social media where, right. um, you know, I think can sometimes get blown out of proportion where sure. um, it just, it creates a hype. And we right. don't want to stir fear in people. The most important thing is that we are educated on what it is, what the signs are. Um, but most importantly, we need to educate our young people. Yes. You know, yes. as young as age two. And when I say that, I don't mean go and tell a two-year-old about human trafficking. What you need to do is tell that two-year-old what safe touch is. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's some of the very same training that you would do for a child when you want to prevent uh, child sex abuse. And a lot of times that's where it begins. Right. It begins with the grooming process. Yes. Yes. Now, for those that don't know, let's talk about grooming. Because okay. I know we've got a whole issue with social media. There is um, an indoctrination, if you will, for children to see um, sexuality in all these other areas as normalcies. We see it in video games. We see it in TV shows. We even see it in commercials. Oh, yeah. And, you know, YouTube and so forth. And so all of these areas why don't you explain to them exactly what is grooming well for those that don't know okay so grooming just basically means that a person usually someone that the child knows um, is gaining their trust so that they don't feel like what they're doing to them is wrong mm. and another thing that parents tend to not realize is that the grooming not only is for the child but it's for their parents yes the groomers want the parents to trust them as well. Yes. Um, so we have to be very careful who we put, whose hands we put our children in. Absolutely. It's um, huge. It is huge. Um, there are so many facets and just layers to human trafficking. You know, we could talk all day about it. Yes. Weeks of series. Oh, I yeah. mean, if oh, for yeah. real, there's, there's so, so much. many things. Yes. But um, a groomer is going to do everything they can to earn that child's trust. Yes. And they're master manipulators. I they know. really are. You know, I, I'm a victim of sexual abuse and I've worked with women for several years in this area. And I can get a group of 20 women in a group and, you know, 70, 80 percent have mm -hmm. been either violated, molested, you know, some form or fashion. And it's always mm -hmm. someone they know, mm -hmm. someone they know uh, and someone they trusted, someone their parents trusted them with. Yes. And so one of the big things that I was just blown away when I learned years ago about what boyfriending is. You know how boys would actually, you know, they would court these girls and treat them like princes, yeah. make them feel so special. They would fall in love with them. And before they knew it, they were caught up and way too deep mm -hmm. in the situation. Is that something you've seen a lot of over oh, yeah. years? Oh, yeah. That happens a lot in school. Um, the yes. older boys dating the younger girls, yes. um, trying to win them over. Sometimes they may have a um, to see if they can get a girl, win her over, and then they might get that girl in a situation where she's trapped, yes. you know, and there are other boys there and yes. they have their way with her. And that one particular boy may get something out of that, some kind of commodity out of that, whether it be, you know, money or right. whatever it is, um, regardless, um, these girls are being victimized. And, and listen, I want to say this very carefully. It's not just our girls. Right. This is happening That's to right. our boys too. Everywhere. Um, yeah. We see it more predominantly in the um, 
in the uh, boys that are practicing a homosexual lifestyle. Right. Um, they are just so much more vulnerable. Yes, they are. Um, it's, it's sad. It is sad. And, you know, and it doesn't, there is no social economical uh, basis for this because some of you might be thinking, well, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, in an area where that happens or this wouldn't happen and so forth. This is happening in rural America. This is happening in major cities. Uh, matter of fact, major cities are a huge issue with it because for like us, and we're in the Tennessee area, I know I was in Central Florida and I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, and all of those are remotely within places. And I know here we're like so many hours to Atlanta, Indianapolis, St. Louis, and so forth. And so I'm so proud of Tennessee that they're taking yes. uh, the position that they have in trafficking. A lot of that is because of the work that Candy has done and, and the other advocates out there trying to educate the masses so that you will understand and be able to know what to look for. So, you know, so let's talk for a few moments about some of the victims. I know, and I, due to confidentiality, we're not going to discuss any casework or anything special like that, but there are lots of people that are survivors and they're still, they're wounded. And that's why I put a trigger alert on this because this, this type of thing totally changes your view, your perception on life. You know, when your trust has been violated and taken away from you, it's really hard to get back into society. So how would you, I mean, what, what are the thoughts? If someone knows someone that's been trafficked, how would you recommend that people handle those relationships? Mm -hmm. So are you talking about someone who has already gotten, out of it, yes. in it. Oh, let's talk about both. Let's talk first for those that are survivors that have gotten out of it on the other side of it. Okay. Um, talk about that first, and then we'll talk about okay. So, the first thing I want to do is address survivors. Yes. You guys are champions. Yeah, I mean, I have seen survivors Amazing. come out of this, and they have um, gotten the healing that they've needed, they've gone yes. through. Um, the, the trauma work that they've needed and they're fighting back yes. and I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of them because I, I just know um, how liberating it is. They can actually take that which has happened to them, what the enemy meant to destroy them mm -hmm. and they're using yes. it for God's glory. And I'm seeing yes. a lot of survivors there stand up for this. So I praise God for you. Yes. Um, but there are, in all reality, there are still some survivors out there that have not received the trauma healing that they need. They have not. Yeah. It um, is complex trauma. It's not just trauma. It's oh, complex it trauma. It's so it embedded and it's just yeah. tragic. Yeah, it is. And, you know, there are a lot of survivors out there who come out of it and they go on their own way. A lot of them end up homeless. They may have um, addiction issues. Sure. So sure. They're still Absolutely. struggling with those addictions. Yes. We got to love them right where they are. Yes. And, and to know, uh, to understand what their situation is. When you're talking about complex trauma, we're not talking about someone who can just get over what has happened to them. Right. They can't. Right. They have They're to have stuck. adequate yes. help. Yes. And, um, you know, with any addiction issue, you can't do that on your own. Absolutely You just not. can't. you got to have help. So yes. um, I think for, for those of us who are close to survivors um, or a family member who has the survivor in your family, um, it's really important that you extend a lot of grace. A lot of grace. They need a lot of grace. A lot of love, a lot yeah. of grace, and a lot of patience. Yes. Yeah. Because this didn't happen overnight, no. and it doesn't become undone overnight. And so we definitely need to be the one. Jesus 
put skin on, mm-hmm. loving them right where they're at and not, not, you know, having any, you know, many times people like you made, you made the statement, just get over it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if someone has been through some stuff and someone says, why don't you just get over it? I mean, it's like, Mm-hmm. We have to we have to be uh, empathy and you know not sympathy because we you know we want to be empathetic to what they've been through, but we want to also approach it in a way that is spirit led. For those of you that are Christ followers on here, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just go in hard and fast saying, you know, well, you need to go this and you need to do that and you need to just start your life over and we're just going to do this. And we're going to no, no, it's years and yes. years. Listen, triggers the triggers that come up. Yes. I mean, they can go completely fine and healed. And 10 years later, a song come on the radio and yes. trigger them. Yes. Or they see something on the news and it triggers them. So, yes. you know, we have to be mindful of that. Yes. And, you know, and I say to those who are out there, if you're still struggling with triggers, don't be so hard on yourself. Right. Don't get mad at yourself because you haven't gotten past it. Um, but it's important to reach out to someone who can can give you um, the right amount of um, help you need, the right you need. Yeah. Um, and I, I know a very dear survivor friend of mine, and she says there's just one word, mm-hmm. and his name is Jesus. <laughs> that's where their healing comes from, Hallelujah. ultimately. That's yes. where our freedom comes from. Amen. So I agree um, with that. Yeah, freedom is in Christ. Yes. Christ alone. Yes. Um, so for those that are, you know, maybe know someone that is is um, stuck in in this this dark lifestyle and they don't know how to get them out because they are, you know, you, some of you may remember like, you know, Patty Hearst back in the day. And I know when I was in college, we studied the Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. Okay. So where their captors become their heroes, that becomes all they know, especially if they've been brought up in this. So to them, it's, this is, this is how life is and this is their safe place. And they begin to trust these people, but yet you know that there's something wrong with this. How do they respond other than prayer? We know that our first, mm-hmm. you know, first thing to do is be on our knees and, and going mm-hmm. before the King of Kings and taking authority over the demonic forces that operate in this industry. But what are some of the things they can want for some of the things that they can do to help someone? Okay. So the likelihood of a, just your, average, you know, individual um, having to work firsthand with a survivor, um, you know, most most people do kind of reach out for professional help. They don't try to deal with that on their own. But if you're a mom and you've got a daughter or you've got a son or a dad, a grandparent, Mm -hmm. you know, caregiver that has someone in your home that is a survivor, um, I think the most important thing is educating yourself on complex trauma. Yes. It will give you so yes. many answers. Yes. Listen, I am the mom of a survivor and um, she's given me complete permission to tell you guys that um, we've spent years of just healing, sure. you know, and where she is today is in a beautiful place. Amen. Beautiful place. And she, you know, she spends her time praying for others and so um, precious. she is. And, um, you know, but but there are still triggers that are there that I don't know if they will always be there. But the, the thing of it is, is she's learned how to cope through the triggers. Yes. And I've learned the signs of triggers. So yes. that's important. We have to educate ourselves. Yes. Um, as complex as the trauma is, the healing part is complex as well. 
Absolutely. Um, and so I guess at, with that being said, I want to speak to law enforcement. Yes. I'll speak to those who are in law enforcement, for those who are in, um, uh, if you work in the ER, any kind of emergency personnel. Yes. Um, I know that there has to be, and most departments are requiring a level of training um, in dealing with victims. And, um, you know, but still just in the line, specifically in the line of uh, law enforcement or people who work in the ER, you see so many patients, and so much trauma that you learn how to disassociate mm -hmm. so that so that the pain doesn't affect you personally and you don't go home with that pain and, mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to come back home and be a, a normal parent to your children or husband or wife to your spouse. Um, just like Maggie said, there has to be a level of empathy there when you're dealing with, um, a victim, um, depending on the level of trauma, you know, um, I'm so thankful here in our city that our local police department has now yes. formed an anti-trafficking unit. I'm so thankful. And the detectives that are working there, I've seen nothing but wonderful compassion that comes out of there, you know, um, one of them there specifically has told me that, um, it feels like a calling, you yes. know, and I know, I know this person on a personal level and I know that they pray, yes. um, for those that they're working with. But, um, you know, I think that if our law enforcement is, is educated on the trauma that goes with it, I think it would give them a different take on how they actually interview them. Because when they go in and they do a sting and let's say there's a girl uh, caught up in the middle of that, her first response is not always going to be that of help me, I'm a victim. Right. Because their traffickers a lot of times have groomed them and they yes. have brainwashed them to believe that they are just as guilty as they are, that they right. are part of it and they're part of the whole operation. Yes. And you're if in the trouble. goes down, you're going with me. Yep. And so the girl becomes very defensive or the, I shouldn't say girl, because again, it's guys as well. Yeah, it can be. Um, they become yeah. defensive, wanting to protect themselves. Um, and they're also afraid of law enforcement. Sure. Unfortunately, we've had some crooked law enforcement. I'm not saying here, but I'm right. saying it has happened. Sure. You know, where um, victims don't trust law enforcement. Sure. They've been taught that they are not a friend. Right. So just reestablishing that um, with those who are in our need yes. or who are in need of us. Um, sorry, uh, my words got jumbled up. But anyway, um, in the hospital, I've sat in on um, when girls are having to have a rape kit done. You know, it's hard. Yes. It's very hard. Yes. I think it is extremely important for whoever is doing that examination to be very sensitive. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my Bedside manner is extremely important yes. um, when dealing with them because you can re-traumatize them. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. by not being tender with them, yes. gentle with your words. Yes. Um, just really acknowledging what they've gone through. It's huge. Um, it is huge. So, um, oh gosh, there's so many, there's so many aspects of this that I can talk about. Um, yes. It just goes on and on and on. Um, and I think, Maggie, you know, it's important that people know this happens in your backyard. Yes. People are becoming more aware. Yes. Praise God. They're becoming more aware about it. Yes. I hate that it's taken it this long to come to light. 
but it has, but here we are. It's, it's our problem. It's in our laps. We have to deal with it just like we're having to deal with um, the opioid addiction that's out there. There are some serious matters that we're having to face that have gotten out of hand because it's been undealt with for too long. Yes. And there's been a stigma involved in this. Oh gosh. Yes. And so in, in both addiction and and trafficking and they're, and they're heavily linked because Mm -hmm. a lot of times uh, these victims will in order uh, for them to be able to use them the way that they do, they will intoxicate them with drugs. Absolutely. And that way they get control Mm -hmm. and they gain control over them. And then, you know, it's a, it's a vicious cycle either way. And these things are going on and now people are talking about it. And that's why we're on here today. Mm -hmm. You know, know, a lot of times when we see people like Candy, you know, Candy, you've done a great job this month. I've really laid it out there and letting everybody, I know. And I know those of you are going, man, that's so heavy. You know what? Sometimes we need to stop and say, hey, this is going on. And what can we do as, um, you know, just humanity? How can humanity handle these crises? And education is the key. And if you don't have the education, you're not going to know when this is going on. You're not going to know when the neighbor in your, you know, um, $300,000 home next door all of a sudden has a van and and girls are there getting loaded up in the morning and leaving in the afternoon. What traffickers have found whenever it comes with human trafficking has made it uh, where they have found out when they sell a drug, okay, that drug is gone and they have to get another one. When they sell humans, they do it over and over and over again. And when they get pulled over and it's just a bunch of people in the van going somewhere, I mean, you know, it's not so notable. So this is something you have to be trained to understand what to watch for. And you do have to get professionals involved because you can't, you know, like she said, don't be super vigilant. You know, like I'm going to go, you know, and you know, I'm like, I got that personality. Okay. I will take yes, you down yes. on the side of the road. If I think, no. <laughs> that morning was for me, y'all. But it's true. We have to be trained, but then we also have to know. What is the next step? So what are some of the things that we need to watch for, Candy? What would you uh, say are the top three things that people need to watch for if they suspect something in their, you know, we all drive to our respective locations every day, whether it be our ministries and our jobs or schools, and we're in the community. And so we see a lot of things. We live in a rural area. And so every time weird stuff is going on in some country field, my husband is like on it. He's like, there's like been seven cars there, you know, and this is, you know, because we're watching, yes. we're watching for and it. And that's, that's what you have to do. Watch for it. Okay. We have to have, have our eyes open. Yes. yes. We don't need to be sleeping on this issue. Right. We don't. Right. Um, you know, keep your eyes open for things that look out of place. You have to go with your gut. Yes. Um, if you notice that, I mean, you live in a neighborhood. If you know that you have a neighbor um, who who is, like you said, bringing girls in and out, in and out, you're seeing uh, girls dressed scantily. Yes. Um, if you're you're just noticing behaviors that are not normal, if you see something, say something. Absolutely. Make note. Take notes. Yes. Start writing chat numbers down. Sure. Yes. Start documenting what you see that looks abnormal. And then you can kind of put your pieces together. I think every person has some kind of uh, investigative 
nature sure. on the inside. It's called the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us well, into all yes. truth, and He will He will shine a light on those yes. things when you allow Him to. But if you want to take a closed eye to this, you know you're going to miss out on maybe helping rescue someone out there. William Wilberforce is like one of my favorite people in history. I love him, and he made a quote. You know that you you can ignore this, but you cannot say that you did not know. Mm -hmm. Watching this broadcast today, you are being made aware of what's going on out there. Mm -hmm. And we're not saying go out there and just like, you know, be consumed with this. We don't want people to be consumed. We want no. people to be aware yeah. and we want people to be active and proactive in taking action when necessary. So we're, yeah. we're watching with our eyes mm -hmm. and uh, we're educating our children. Mm -hmm. And what what is anything else? That yeah. I mean, if you travel. If you uh, go to stay in a hotel, oh, yeah, you notice, you know, and listen, again, we want to be very careful. We don't mislabel something. Sure. Absolutely. You know, we, yes. We, we can't say because you see a younger girl with an older man that, you know, right. he's, he's taking her for a date. Sure. We can't say that. That could be his granddaughter. Absolutely. He was struggling in her own area and she's dressed scantily. Right. I mean, it absolutely it does. It does. Um, <laughs> so we can't say that every person, you know, we don't want to we don't want to do that. We do want to make sure that we pay attention to the signs. Now, if she's got bruises on her, mm. if she looks like she's a minor and she's got tattoos, especially, you know, on her neck or just in places that normal right. teen would not have tattoos sure somebody's name tattooed on them that's usually that's a, a, big a branding some yes yeah. branding yeah um if they look malnourished if mm. they look like their teeth um have yes. not been properly taken care of right um if they look ungroomed you know not not very well groomed or if you notice a, a young girl teenager dressed like she's being advertised. I mean, right. That's definitely something that you want to pay attention to. Yes. Um, and again, for those of you who travel, those are the times to keep your eyes open where you're going to stay in uh, hotels, motels. Yes. That's where a lot of this takes place yeah. here in our city. Just like Maggie said, you can get, um, I think that we've, we've got what, six different interstates coming out of middle Tennessee. Yes, it is we're, like, we're like a hub. Of yes, a wheel, you know, really and, and there are all of these ways to come and go, and that is is what happens. We see, we have seen girls. Um, traffickers have brought girls in. They take them to different motels along the interstate, and they divide them up. And then men will make call. They'll come all night long in these places, and these girls are being sold multiple times throughout the night. You know, it's it's horrific. And I know you're thinking, oh, my gosh. I mean, but, you know, it, this this is happening in our own backyards and being informed and knowing what to look for. You know, uh, the traveling thing is so big. I know that I've gone on the road with Kevin before and, you know, we would be at truck stops mm -hmm. and, you know, he has literally had um, someone try to solicitate. You know, because in, in truck stop and rest areas and things like that, you've got to watch for those signs. Mm -hmm. And before he was aware of what was going on, but he said, you know, it would just blow him away. And so you've got to be trained and you've got to know what to do. And then what happens if you see something? And obviously we have a local task force working here. So yeah. we know that we would contact them. But if you're on the road and, you know, maybe you're traveling somewhere, what 
phone number is there available? Okay. There is a national hotline number. Okay. Let me get you that number. It is. I should have this memorized. It's all right. So. And I'm so thankful. I've noticed in a lot of restrooms that they're starting to put that number there where, where people can uh, call. It is 1-888-373-7444. And that's a pretty easy number to remember, even for me, because all those eights and eight means new beginnings. And when you reach out and contact us, you are potentially starting a new beginning for someone who has been trapped mm -hmm. and someone who doesn't know how to get out and someone who thinks this is the norm and this is the way that their life is supposed to be. You know, so remember that number. I'm going to say it again. 888-373-7888. And I'm going to put it in the chat stream. Now, I know we're broadcasting on several different platforms here. Yes. So I know you guys are going, well, Maggie, you normally interact with the audience a little bit, not on these type of broadcasts, because I want to make sure that I extract every bit of ounce of expertise with my friend here while I got her, uh, so that you will be informed and know what to do. Now, we will go back. So if you have questions, we would like for you to put them in the chat mm -hmm. stream. And after the broadcast, we'll go back and we'll answer those. Um, and I'm going to look here on this Facebook. There's a bunch of different people watching and so forth. You know, Pam says, amen. I'm so glad y'all are bringing awareness. This is a horrific epidemic. And uh, when I saw the epidemic, I say it was because truly is. And many of these young girls and women, even boys, are unfortunately victims. And me and this needs to cease. Oh, we can't agree even more. Pam, thank you for that com comment because it is. It does need to cease. And it'll only cease just like just like slavery. OK, this is modern day slavery is yes, how it's it is. defined. In every sense. You know, in every sense of it. And, you know, I, we have to take a stand. OK, and that may look different for all of you, but bringing awareness is the key. Maybe you're not called to, you know, be an advocate like Candy is. Now, I want you to be aware if you are out there and you have an agency or you have a church, Candy is a consultant. She is an expert in this area. She's been in it over over 20 plus years of this industry. And if you're wanting her to reach out to you or are wanting to reach out to her, should I say, uh, because she only goes where the Lord bleeds and the door is open that he wants her to go through. Uh, Candy, how can they contact you if they want to book you to come in and speak to their students or speak to their uh, you know church and so forth mm -hmm. how can they contact okay. you um, my email address is okay. cc like cat cat cc dot featherstone creative at gmail.com that's cc dot featherstone creative at gmail.com that's a long one. So we're going to put it, it in the chat stream. OK, I'm going to put that in the chat stream, the toll free number in the chat stream. And on this broadcast, you know, for those of you that I didn't introduce myself, for those of you that never seen me before, I'm Maggie Cavanaugh and I broadcast Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to bring you keys to your best life. And so I always like to end every broadcast with maybe just a key uh, that the viewers can walk away with. And, you know, Candy is a uh, not in addition to being a specialist and expert in this area. She's an amazing Bible teacher. And we were talking about a scripture before. So, Candy, can you give them that scripture? Because I believe that that scripture is a key mm -hmm. to them understanding the importance of this, you know. Mm -hmm. So, well, the word says that um, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yes. And, you know, even though I feel like we cannot um, end Human trafficking, it's been around since the woman at the well. Right. It has been. When Jesus asked her, where are your husbands? Yes. Because she'd been with many men. Yes. And um, 
she was known as a prostitute. Yes. But um, today, modern day slavery goes way beyond prostitution. You cannot say the word prostitute without saying victim. At some point in that person's life, people behave out of what they believe. Yes. Yes, I believe that. If they believe they're a product, they'll continue to be a product. That's right. But we are a byproduct of our creator. And so um, even though we can't stop the issue of human trafficking, we can prevent. Yes. We can prevent it from happening to someone else. Reach out to your young people. Reach out to your family members. Talk about this. Listen, I grew up in a, in a world where um, sex abuse and things like that, that is not talked about. Yeah. The church right. would never dream of talking about right. it. It's so taboo. Mm-hmm. Today, the church sure. is waking up. I'm so thankful. They're talking about these topics that, you know, young people need to know. If we can't go to the church, if we can't go to um, people who believe the same as we do, who can we go to? Absolutely. Who can we trust? So um, I think that we need to um, reface that for the world. Yes. We We need the world to see us completely different from what they have believed. Hmm. Because so many their identity advantage of their position, yes. you know, and um, and and I I say that because unfortunately human trafficking has happened in church. Yes, I hate to even say that, but it has. You happened. know, uh, God is no respecter of persons, but no. neither is the devil, and no. he will go anywhere he can. It can, and mm-hmm. and I just want to address this issue real quick before we get off here because I'm real passionate about this. I've spent a lot of years counseling people, and one of the things, one of the strongholds in addictions that I see more and more of, uh, and not just with men. This is not a men issue. Okay, this is affecting our children mm-hmm. and uh, women, and you know, even women in ministry I've dealt with. Okay, because yes. of the strongholds of the sexual appetite, God created sex, and it's a good thing in the context of marriage, but it's been perverted. And if, you know, so. and so for those uh, that are watching this, that if you're going to the strip clubs, you know, and I'm listen, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you the facts. If you watch porn, if you promote it in any sense of the fashion, and I mean, not even just, uh, you know, hardcore porn. I'm talking about soft porn on TV. You promote those television shows, mm-hmm. uh, the music you listen to, the things that you do. You have to be aware that you are contributing to this. Yes. The United States is the largest consumer of all of this. And that is where it starts because they're trying to feel it's just like whenever you do a drug you have to do more to get that same effect so you can start off with some little soft porn whatever you you know you want to call it and say oh it's just entertainment no it is not just entertainment it's going to lead to more and lead to more and now we've got all of these issues with people with sexual strongholds and they are going to the next level and then people are victimized we have got to take a stand y'all we have got to make people aware And I'm grateful for you, Candy, that 20 years ago, God put on your heart that this is something that is important to his heart because he is about freedom. It is for freedom that he set us free. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, Mm -hmm. the name of Jesus, is it will break every stronghold, every chain and so forth. So I want to thank you for taking the time to watch this broadcast. I would like for you to share it out with all of your friends, families, colleagues, people that need to be aware of this. And, you know, again, we have to be sensitive to those that have been caught up in this area and we need to be aware but not overly vigilant that's something that I I think that we need to stress and we've said that several times so we don't want you going over to your neighbor's house going 
why has there been multiple people coming in and out? Because they might be having a family reunion, you know, planning a wedding, That's you know, right. and so right. forth. But you know the signs and the knower, you know, deep down inside is, you know, you've got that gut feeling. And if you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got that leading. So don't don't close your eyes to this. Right. You right. know, and Absolutely. again, in the words of William Wilberforce, you know, you can you can say you know, you can close your eyes to this, but you cannot say you did not know. That's right. And Candy, is there anything else you want to add before we log off? Yes, very quickly. Um, we touched on some things. We were very careful to someone actually being triggered if they were watching this. So yes. if there are groups, if there are churches or organizations that would like more in-depth yes. uh, on this, I'm, I'm right. happy to share that with you. Yes. Um, just wanted to be very mindful of that. Since yes. we're broadcasting live. Yeah, we're on many platforms right now. So we wanted to be very careful. So if you need a private setting and you need, and I'm telling you, the training that Candy has is amazing. I went through some of the training, uh, I don't know, probably about seven years ago that you did. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, mine, uh, it just, I, and I thought I knew a lot about it until I went through this. So the more you know, uh, the more that you can help. Mm -hmm. And if you cannot do anything else, I want you to get on your knees and I want you to yes. pray. You know, pray for those that are on the front line, yes. like Candy's been for the last 20 years. It is um, it this this type of ministry is the type of ministry that pulls on your heartstrings on a daily basis, 24 seven. It doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Like, you know, I'm dealing with people that are fighting addiction. It doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we have to be mindful that there are people every day that are dying of overdoses. And there are people every day that are being mm -hmm. trafficked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always make statements like, you know, well, you know, people think that it's not their problem until it happens to someone in their family. Mm -hmm. Everyone has been affected by someone bound yes. up yes. and it all intertwines together. It's bondage. And so we know the chain breaker. So if you'd like to know more about Jesus, look at these faces. We will talk to you. Uh, we will talk the paint off the wall about Jesus to you if you want to know that much. If not, we will answer any questions you may have. Uh, Candy Carter, my dear friend, and uh, I thank you, Candy, for taking the time to do this. This is very important. So God bless you guys. We'll check the chat screen stream here in just a minute and answer any questions you have. And if you put any derogatory statements on here, you will be deleted and blocked. <laughs> have a blessed day, y'all. See you next time. Uh, Wednesday, I have an amazing guest, Crystal North. Some of you know her. Uh, we're going to talk about faith. Because I've watched this woman stand. When the doctor said no, God said yes. So don't miss that broadcast Wednesday morning at 9 Central Standard Time. And uh, we'll see you then. Bye.